Hi, it's Megan and Jason. You may know us from Oma's Applesauce, and we've teamed up with Opal Healthcare to bring you the Copper Q&A's podcast series. It's been a beautiful morning for a drive. We're just about a minute or two away from meeting Susan, who's going to share with us her story about caring for her husband, Ron. Yeah, we're in my old stomping ground here on mm. the northern beaches, and there's a park right there. Grab it. Oh, grab it. perfect. Well spotted. Thanks. Hello. Welcome to episode four of the Kappa Q&A's podcast. Now, while the intro music rolls, Susan's warming the teapot and we'll get our microphones ready too. So grab yourself a cup of tea, a nice comfy seat, and let's have a chat about the shared experience of caring for a loved one. Susan, thanks so much for making the time to have a chat today. Mm -hmm. Just to to start off with, introduce us to Ron as as a person. Tell me about him as his character. He's always been a quiet person, you know, in crowds, but, you know, then he'll start talking to the, you know, the postman and things like that. He's just one of those very caring, family-orientated person, you know, do anything for the family. And that was his life, his family. So, no, he's always... Uh, been able to do anything in the house, you know. I didn't ever ha- have to call anyone to do it. He did everything. He was a motor mechanic by trade, but then ventured into lots of building furniture and doing, you know, everything. So always could do everything. How long have you been together? Well, 50, we'll be married 53 years this year. Wow. Yes. Now, one of, one of the things that Megs and I have often sort of discussed, how hard it is asking for help to begin yeah. with. Mm. Did you find that? Did you find asking for help to start? Well, I didn't ask for help either. You know, you sort of continue on, you know, and do everything. And then um, I don't know how. I think I was um, getting people in. Someone suggested just getting some people in to help. And then that then got me on to uh, a daycare sort of place for Ron, you know, just to give me a break. And then he went off there um, for a couple of days. And so it sort of gets you into just getting a bit of help that way but in other ways I didn't ask for help I sort of you know showered and did everything like that as well but um, you just do what you have to do. So what events I guess led to uh, Ron needing full-time care what what was what changed? Yeah well I was invited to a wedding in Armidale it was my dearest friend's daughter and um, my daughter had been married and she was her bridesmaid so been friends for a long time and my son was coming down to um, look after Ron while I went away to Armidale just for four days or whatever it was. And uh, that week before my son came down, Ron fell. I couldn't get him up. There were just something happened every day, it seemed. I just thought, oh, my God, Adam's not going to be able to cope, you know, doing this for his father on his own, you know. And I thought, oh, gosh, what will I do? And I'd already gone to see... Narrowena had a little visit and I put my name down and then Jeff was so so lovely and um, I rang and he just said we'll get him into respite you know he would have taken him the next day which was so nice because I was a bit upset I'm you know thinking how am I going to it's not going to work all this and um, then he went in about four days later for respite that just answered my prayers and once Ron was there for respite and I came back and 
Jeff just said you can't. You know, I think he had COVID and it just affected his mobility mm. and he just wasn't, you know, able to get up as, you know, like he was one of these people also that walked everywhere. You know, it was just unbelievable that then he couldn't. He, he's in a chair now, you know, so he's lost power of mobility, really. Yeah, mm -hmm. so. So it was getting to a point for you physically? It was yes. becoming really difficult? It was. It was, yeah. yeah. And Ron was getting up some nights, um, one o'clock in the morning to have a shower, you know. I thought, oh, all these sorts of things, you know, just takes it out of you, you know. That's one thing when, I guess, our experience is seeing a parent. Yeah. Um, going through, you know, um, dementia. Yes. It's, it must be an entirely other thing when it's your partner. It is. It's really difficult. How did you find the strength yourself? To, I don't know. To know what to do? That's just one of these people that you get in and you do what, what you do sort of thing. And, um, but things are gradual. You know, it's not all boom, it's yeah. from one to, you know, calamity. But um, anyway, I just got in and I, I did what I could, you know, and just keep on <laughs> doing. Was, yes. was full-time care for Ron something that you always sort of thought was going to be something that happened? or? Uh, well, I'd been involved with nursing homes and retirement villages. I was a hairdresser in these things. Uh, okay for years and um, so I knew a lot about it and my mother was a nursing sister in a nursing home as well. So I had lots of, and I thought, you know, that's your answer. You can't do it on your own, even though you don't ever want to, you know, think it has to be that way. But um, in the end, it does have to be that way. And uh, when you've got a good place and you're happy, it makes life so much easier, yes. So. so he, Ron went into respite and then did you make that permanent? Well, after, as Jeff recommended, yes, that I couldn't look after him, you know, because his mobility did just decline. It was just incredible. Whether he, he knew he was there and he thought, okay, I'm not going to push myself, <laughs> you know, I don't know, but it did. From one, him being so active and pacing around and going for walks and everything to not walking. Yeah. So I, whether that was, it was coming on and it just came to a, a head then, yeah. yes. How did you approach it with Ron? You don't know how much they're taking in. And so when we were, my daughter came with me and we packed him up and took him there and it just sort of said, you know, you're going to stay here for a while and just see how it goes sort of thing you know it just was hard to explain mm. to him and because we didn't know then that he'd be there full time yeah yeah so yeah and but, his transition following that was it was it a bumpy road was it uh he doesn't talk a lot now but I do remember you know the first night he was there he just sat in that chair he didn't he didn't get up he he wouldn't let the staff take him to his room or anything. He was just sat all night in that chair. Mm. Then they had to ring me the next day mm. and say, you better come because he's just... Being a bit stubborn. <laughs> he was. So once I was there, he got up and they yeah. could change him and, you know, it was yeah. just... He settled down then. Everyone is so nice and lovely to him, you know, yeah. so he sort of... He smiles and he radiates happiness now all the time. Yeah. So, he, you know, he does have a little emotional times as well but uh, he's 
majority of the time is smiling, big yeah. smiles at everyone. So it's lovely. That makes me happy, mm. yes. What did you do with his, his brand? Oh, lots of um, photos, put a painting in, and um, then they put a chalkboard with some photos for me as well. And I bought a, his own sort of quilt cover and made it look like his room, you know. So it was really nice. It was lovely just to... And I think they've even suggested that I, I could have one more painted a colour. Oh, which is oh very, okay. Yes, cool. so we haven't thought of the colour yet. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. just to make it, you yeah. know, nice and bright and, yeah, you know, so that was lovely. Did that surprise you that it did. you could do that? Yes, yes. Yeah. So that was really nice. Jeff suggested that when we were just in there one day. So yeah. I thought that was lovely, you know, and they have. They've been really good. And mm. I think the staff make the place, yeah. you know, no matter what it's, you know. Yeah. They're just really very caring. Moving a loved one into care is a, a huge decision. Mm. Uh, what two two parts of this question? One, what concerned you the most about that? And secondly, did having respite care initially help? I was sort of thrust into the having to because I was going to Armadale, and that's how I got onto respite. And he was being well looked after. I realised I couldn't do it anymore. They realised that I couldn't do it anymore. And it just was this lovely, easy, from one to the other. It mm. just, they took him on. I didn't, you know, really have to make too much of a decision. It was just made for me. And so it sort of felt right in It that did, process. it did, yeah. yes. And did you, yeah, what were, were you sort of feeling, um, what sort of emotions were you feeling while he was in that respite and, and you were having that time away from caring for him? Ah, oh, I really, I just sort of thought he needs to be there, you know, I can't do it anymore. It just comes to that point that, you know, I just thought that's the best place for him. He's being better looked after. It's fairer on him, you know, to be properly looked after, you know, than me trying to struggle and, you know. So it's sort of taken out of your hands, really. Mm. You know, you think, yes, this is... This is it. This is the right thing. Despite, as a carer, or as, as co-carers ourselves, mm. you know, despite best intentions and knowing things need to happen a particular way and that yes. your loved one needs more care than what yes. you can provide, yeah. um, often carers still feel some kind of guilt, guilt or remorse. Oh, yes. Did you go through any of that? I'm sure I did. You know, mm. you sort of think, could I have done more, you know, to make it, longer that he was at home, you know, all those sorts of things. But uh, as I said, it's sort of taken out of your hands, you know, when you come to a point and he he wasn't able to get up out of the chair, things like that. Just was, I had to call the ambulance a few times, you know, all of that. So when you think that if that's going to continually go on, they're not, they're not going to come all the time either to help me get him up out of the chair and things like that. So I think once... What a lot of families find is once mm. the ambulance calls start, I know. they become more frequent. That's it. It's kind of the sign. It is. It is. That's well. right. Yeah. yeah. And Ron fell over twice. He broke his hip uh, the first time outside. And uh, then about three months or four months later, he broke his hip and fell in the room oh. here. So just things, continual little falls and things like that, you know. So that was the... The whole start of the downfall, yeah, mm. yeah. So that was difficult. Mm. Susan, describe for me Ron's care team. Like, 
one of the great uncertainties we have, a place might look spectacular. Mm. We might be able to make a room look great. Mm. Um, but it comes down to people, right? It does. So describe for me Ron's care team. How did you find them? Everyone that I come across is just so nice, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you get to know there's a couple that of nurses that do look after, you know, so you get to know them more so than the rest of them. That seem to be the same ones. So um, I just, you know, get on so well with them. It's just lovely. It's tricky, isn't it? Because mm. nobody knows Ron like you know. Ron. No. Mm. And and how, how do you transfer that information across to a cancer? I know. That's right. But I think they pick up on the whole situation of me being there, him. And as I said, he's got this lovely smile and he just sort of talks with his eyes as well. Mm. And he goes, rolls his eyes or something at them and, you know, yeah. and then puts this big grin up. So they can sense what sort of a person he is, you know. He's just a gentle, kind, and you can see that, you know, and I think they pick up on that and, you know. So when he was transitioning, mm. what, how was he eating when he was with you and then how did that sort of change when he moved into... He's always been a good eater. He loves sweets and mm. all that sort of delicious stuff. And um, then I think when he was first there, if he was eating meat or something, he'd take a long time to chew it. So they, then they sort of started to mush it up a bit. Mm-hmm. But now he seems to feed himself, okay. yes, which is yeah. good, and he seems to eat everything. And um, even the other day I was there with my daughter on Friday and Eric, the chef, it's Fish and Chips Day on Friday, and he came out, he's always very nice and sort of trying to do the best for the, you know, the resident. And he said, how would Ron like chips? And I said, you know, he'd love chips. He could eat chips, you know. And so he brought out this little bowl of chips before lunch, you know, and there's Ron eating all the chips. And <laughs> so he said, you know, I can break up, you know, the crumb fish rather than mush it right up yeah. and give him a bit of texture. Yeah. And, you know, he's just so good. And he did all that and threw a few chips in as well. And, yeah. you know, as I said, he loves his food, so he's happy. <laughs> Were you surprised if the food was actually good? I was, yeah. yes, yeah. And it, even my daughter on Friday when there's uh, then the fish and chips came out and the vegetables, and she said it smells lovely. Mm. And, you know... It did. It looked nice. It was great. And Eric came out and said, oh, sorry, we haven't got enough to give you. And I said, we don't, <laughs> you know, it was just yeah. lovely, yeah. you know, really. But it sounds like the chef is really involved. Oh, he is. It's yeah. just lovely. Yeah. Yes, I was amazed, yeah. you know. And he's done that before yeah. with me, you yeah. know, discussed, you know, how Ron's going yeah. with the food. And I go there every morning or most mornings and have a cup of coffee with them. Mm. So they offer me coffee. They offer me if I want a cake and I don't want a cake, but (laughs) Ron eats the cake. So yes. Yeah. Grooming is an important thing too. It is. Yes. Um, And something often uh, difficult to talk about when it comes to a man. Yes. How does a man like to be groomed? How does a man like to be, be yeah, presented. Presented That's or, right. or, or um, his routines in the morning. Yeah. How did they handle that with Ron? I think uh, very well, really. You know, he's just um, well looked after. He's shaved, you know, looking nice and fresh. And the clothes, even the clothes when they dress him, they colour coordinate, you know, mm. which is so nice. Yeah. You know, you see, oh, he's got navy on and then he'll have, you know, navy and white. It's just all... Yeah. 
there's care taken. You can see mm. just in the simple thing like putting clothes on. We take for granted, yeah. you know, because we go and choose whatever we like. But when someone else is doing it, you know, it could be a very different story. But, yeah. no, they've ta- they take care. From your experience, and Ron, Ron's been in care for a year mm-hmm. now, um, is it, was, was the transition into care or making the decisions around care, was that as a scarier, um, you know, as situation I said, as you No, I don't be? think it was. You know, it just sort of all yeah. went in so easily for me. I just felt very, very lucky that it was so smooth. Looking back, Susan, Mm. have you got any advice you could offer other couples that are um, perhaps in a similar situation to where you and Ron were, where one or the you know one or the other isn't really in the safer situation at home anymore? Is there any advice you could give to help start a conversation with that? I just think if you can talk about it to people and not just keep it into you know try and struggle along and and realise that you've got to look you know. You have a life too, you know. I know it sounds selfish, but you know you've got to sort of think. My mother looked after my father, and it killed her. You know, mm. so you sort of the carer often does suffer. You know, they they're well looked after them, yeah. the one that needs the looking after, and then the poor carer struggles on. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, but I think also it's a good idea when you know things are progressing and getting worse that you do go and have a look around yeah. once you're there you sense what the people are like and that makes it easier you know just going around and seeing different different places yeah thank you very much for letting us have a cup of tea with you <laughs> and sharing your story about ron and yeah. your journey hmm. um as jason said like this just helps other people who are going through the same sorts of journeys and scenarios it helps well that's right <laughs> That it's not so scary and, and um, that these things are a, a part of life. And it is, of, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for coming and <laughs> bringing that lovely Persian cake. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cup of Q&As podcast, proudly brought to you by Opal Healthcare. For more episodes and helpful resources, visit opalhealthcare.com.au. This Cup of Q&A's podcast series is copyright 2023, Opal Healthcare.